filibuster is supported through patreon by listeners like you check us out at patreon.com slash filibuster we also get support from the ehrlich law office discrimination wage and litigation solutions for the district of columbia and northern virginia they handle workplace discrimination, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, and a whole lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. Jason, you, you were hearty and brave and traveled to Chicago in January. That's not a thing a lot of people choose to do. You shouldn't have done it. Uh, Chicago was very Chicago uh, upon arrival. Uh, it was not pulling, not really pulling many punches. It was very windy and down in the low 20s uh, in the morning. Uh, I, I mean, I was off the plane at like, I guess it was seven something local time. Um, and it never really changed. Um, it never really relented even one iota. Um, so yeah, uh, Chicago was in full form. Um, there were a lot of forlorn, uh, bears fans. Uh, I noticed that quite quickly. I noticed that a lot of people in Chicago were wearing sports gear in general, but at, at first I thought maybe it was a, you know, there are fewer people that actually have to wear suits to work than in DC, which is full of suits uh, at all times. Uh, but then it also occurred to me that maybe I was noticing more team gear because people wearing hats because it's uh, a borderline inhospitable to humanity climate um, <laughs> uh, all winter long. It's it's the earth saying don't live here uh, and people saying so, no. <laughs> yeah, that Midwesterners are often very. Uh, willing to go along but when it comes to weather they're 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 stubborn it's weird um i'm i'm from the midwest and i am not stubborn enough when it comes to the weather adam don't deny me my midwestern my being from the midwest does not take away from your also being from the midwest ben you're from like 90 minutes away from me at most i didn't say you weren't from the midwest i was placing myself in the context of what i just said you might be from further south than me on a I longitudinal don't sense. What that has to do with with my point, which which was that I left the Midwest because I I didn't enjoy the weather. I, I went too. to Purdue, which me is clo- not, not no, far from no, Chicago. That's, bad. that's a bad. That's a bad get. And I I remember twenty degrees during the winter was was when I said nope. I'm not. I'm not staying here. I went when to I Virginia out of college. instead for college yeah that that was certainly a decision that you made <laughs> a better one because we had less I, snow yeah my my alma mater beat uh rutgers by 35 points tonight so i'm pretty happy with that um rutgers did new jersey that has nothing to do with virginia no but what is this my, show even about? I have no idea anymore. <laughs> I was going to say that I love Chicago. For I, love, time. I love Chicago <laughs> as a city and cannot possibly live there because of the winters. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, I have no opinion on Chicago. My mom was is from Chicago, but I have no opinion upon it. She's uh, a Cubs fan and she likes the Cubs. I I don't care about them. 
All I can say from my trip is that uh, the people were very pleasant. Uh, I enjoyed the sights, and uh, I also could not possibly live in Chicago uh, because there's like a five-month set of the year that's just pro- probably just like this all the time, and I can't do it. Ah. Hey, hey, welcome in. This is Filibuster, the sorry Chicago. We love you, but no, we can't. We're not, no, we're not sorry. I am. I love Chicago. I love the city. Um, I don't. And Black and Red United podcast. I'm Adam Taylor, joined by Ben. Doesn't have the Chicago Chicago. Hates Chicago slash doesn't have opinions about Chicago. Ben Bromley and Jason Anderson, who went to the MLS Super Draft. That's why he was in Chicago. Um, We're all from blackandredunited.com. We talk about DC United. That's what we're talking about tonight. Before we uh, we do, though, we have a little tradition here. Jason, what are you drinking? Uh, I am keeping it very simple. Uh, I've got some uh, uh, roundstone rye uh, on the rocks, and that's it. Uh, I'm also drinking rye. It, it's neat. It's pinhook rye. I had a little bit left in the bottle, and so just finishing it off. Uh, can I elaborate? Uh, I did get some uh, ice cube molds, some some large ice cube molds uh, over the holidays. They were not a gift. I went out and sought them out myself because uh, I guess no one wants to support my drinking uh, except for me. Um, and I guess our listeners, uh, our uh, patrons on Patreon are also helping me drink. Um, but yeah, I went out and got myself some nice uh, ice molds that some nice folks from a large company uh, whose name I'm not going to say because they are not paying me to uh, helped me. I'm not, uh, but uh, they helped me acquire them, even though they were not available in the store and they were very nice. But those were individuals who were nice, not a company who was nice. And thus, uh, I got them uh, and I'm not helping sell them. So there you go. Okay. Like I said, I'm just drinking my neat. It's pretty cold in my house, though, so I get a similar effect. Ben, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a white uh, drink that we have locally named after my wife. We call it the uh, Christie. It is a it is uh, whipped cream vodka, amaretto, and uh, coconut milk. It's a, it's a kind of, it's in the white Russian family, basically. Uh, I haven't had one in probably a year. Or so, I just went and bought the ingredients today, and it's just a nice sipping thing. It's it's not fancy, it's not good, but it's, <laughs> it, it feels like it feels like home. So I like it in that sense. It's not good, right? But it's something we do. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not gonna lie, that feels a little bit like this podcast. Yeah. No, this podcast is excellent. <laughs> uh, it's just too cold to live here. So DC United had a uh, a pretty productive super draft, uh, very different from last year's super draft when, uh, what was it, Philadelphia, Jason? Yes, last year was in Philly. Yeah, you got up there, and uh, before you even got to the venue, they had traded away their one and only pick, right? Yes, I was I was eating uh, oatmeal at a coffee shop uh, when my phone uh, buzzed, and it was basically everyone from the entire Black and Red United staff, 
informing me that the pick had been traded. And so uh, I got there, me and Steven Streff set up and it was like, so what are we going to do? And it turned out other than talk to Ben Olson and Dave Casper, not much because it's not like they traded back in. They didn't really do anything. They, they actually left early. Um, Both the communication staff and the coaching staff, they decided their business for the day was done and they got out of there. Um, And so, uh, this year, a little different. They were there the whole time. Yeah, I know uh, patrons can go listen. If you're a patron of of ours on Patreon at $5 a month or more, you can go listen to audio from the draft. And uh, I think it was Emily Olson, another DC United reporter who was there, joked with, with Ben Olson. He's like, you're still here for the second round. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's great. We're not leaving this time. Uh, DC United uh, picked up a potential contributor in their first round and then on the conference call afterward picked up a a couple of attackers uh, most likely going to Loudoun United in the third round. And Jason, things in the second round? They did. There were moves. No draft picks. uh, no, No draft selections, but by United, but but moves happened in the second round. We'll talk about all of those. Jason, I wanted to to get your impression from from the floor though, up there. I, once you were inside in Chicago, um, overall, I mean, uh, my impressions from draft day is that uh, I was still kind of in recovery from the NWSL draft, which involved many many more picks in a very uh more of a very compressed uh atmosphere uh that draft goes faster um and And the league uh, itself calling timeouts yes which mls has has done in the past without admitting it so um good on the nwsl i guess for saying exactly what they were doing um but yeah uh, transparency i i was still kind of recovering even though i did get a decent night's sleep uh, and a breakfast and all that. I was still mentally, um, it was taxing to get through that one. So um, once I got my, my bearings, it was um, it's, it's still an interesting thing to be at the draft because you get a situation like Don Garber um, telling media that the draft is not going anywhere. And every question he got about whether the draft should go away or not was kind of pointed um, there were some, I, I would almost characterize them as uh, not antagonistic to Don Garber, but antagonistic to the concept of the draft questions being asked. And Garber was not even close to being like, yeah, we're thinking about it. We don't know. It was like, no, the draft is going to be around. Um, don't worry about that. So um, however you feel about the draft, uh, it's does not sound like Don Garber has any interest in getting rid of it. And he is the commissioner, so that's probably an indicator that uh, he and a lot of MLS owners probably don't feel like it should go anywhere. So um, this is by no means close to the end of the, the draft's existence. Um, as far as the buzz about DC, I feel like everyone I talked to seemed to think that DC did a good job. They seemed to be expecting me to be pleased with how things went. Um, I, I heard from Travis Clark. He said that, you know, uh, he thinks highly of Ward uh, as his ratings at Top Door Soccer reflected. Um, I I think he's right on that front. Um, and you know the draft day trade was 
really uh, I, it's not a big deal, but it was really clever work um, from DC United to turn not having something into having something. Um, yeah. And kind of working the inefficiencies in the room where you had a team that didn't really value a player for whatever reason they had. Uh, and you also have a team that doesn't do a good job of anything. Uh, sorry, New England, that's you. Um, and <laughs> turning those that that those raw materials into a viable player. So, you know, that was something that coming into the draft, you know, DC did not have any of the ingredients in place. They just had to work the room and, and they were very busy. Uh, I could see from my spot that they were up and about quite a bit, but, it, you know, it's it's hard to tell. Last year, um, I was able to sit in a, a spot where it was a little easier to see what was going on this year. Uh, DC's table was on the far side of the room from the media pen and to see them up close, I would have had to just sit with the players' families, which would have been awkward. Um, but you could still see them working the phones. You could still see people, familiar faces popping up and walking around. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things like I tweeted out during the draft. Things always happen once people get in that room. Um, the pressure of the weekend, the pressure to the fact that everyone's in the same room and you can get trades done very quickly. Um, Not incredibly loud music. Happens. Yeah, you know, the, the loud, uh, bland uh, <laughs> pop music from 2016 onward. Um, the, the, the sounds of Maroon 5, I guess, make MLS uh, general managers and technical directors want to make trades. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it ended up going, I feel like, pretty well. We'll find out more with um, Ward's development, but it seems like on the surface that this was a pretty good day given that DC, it wasn't like DC walked in with the number one pick or anything. So let's get into uh, what happened. Akeem Ward was DC United's first round pick, uh, right fullback out of Creighton. Uh, grew up in Northern Virginia, playing for for Bethesda Soccer Club in in Maryland, uh, among some other places before moving out west. Um, as Jason alluded to, Dave Casper and Ben Olson had him as their their top fullback on the board, and were. Uh, surprised he was still available when United picked at, I think what 14. So that, that when teams ahead of you stretch and evaluate players differently and Olsen and Casper have a pretty good track record of evaluating draft talent. um, That that's got to be considered a win. He could be a contributor, especially with United being so thin at fullback. Um, Both Casper and Olsen indicated he could, fill in on the left in a pinch. Um, and, and one thing that I think it was Benny said um, in, in the audio that, that you got Jason was that they, they were impressed with his interview at the combine because that's what DC United uses the, the combine for is to kind of look at the, the more personality, the more um, I guess, personal attributes uh, of the players who are they as people um to see how they would fit on the roster and in the locker room because they've done all the on-field homework before that yeah and that's uh i i think the word fit is the best word um to describe it they want to know if this player is going to come into the organization and uh be able to get it uh for lack of better word that to to get the whole thing and to um understand you know, in terms of character, what's being asked of them. Um, 
Ward immediately uh, cited some of the kind of stuff that you would expect from a Ben Olsen player. Um, he talked about wanting to play for the shirt and um, he was very eager to get to work right away. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that, you know, it, it, I think it reflects um, the, the strengths of the organization over the, over, even in the bad years has, has always been, um, you know, as I've said before on this show and on Twitter, et cetera, is that the work rate is never really the problem here. It's usually that the team made mistakes. It's an execution thing. Um, and this seemed like a situation where we've got a player who's not going to have any problem um, getting, getting after it. There's no questions about his um, willingness to uh, put in the work uh, from his time at Creighton, which is historically speaking, been another a college that that produces hardworking players. They don't produce a lot of passengers um, at that program. So uh, those things are all good signs. I think um, the fact that they got a player at fourteen that probably should have been gone between eight and ten. Uh, that's always nice. That's something you can't really control, but it's nice when it happens. Um, and yeah, he's he seemed uh, pretty excited. I mean. If you listen to the audio, have uh, you seen the, the quotes about him being a ball boy at RFK? Um, that kind of thing, you know, for him, I think it goes a long way. I think for Olsen and Casper, they said that's always a nice benefit. It's not they don't go in and say we're only going to draft players from Maryland, Virginia and D.C. Um, but when the opportunity presents itself and the player is the right fit, it's a, certainly a nice benefit. And uh, they seemed positive about it. I think Ward himself was very excited about the prospect of playing for the team. Um, he said he can't wait to see the stadium, all that good stuff. So um, I, I also I think there's a there's a decent chance, at least at the start of the season, uh, that he might be playing real minutes because yeah. you know we've got a a lot of moving parts as far as Paul Ariola possibly being an, uh, needed further forward, which we can discuss later. Um, but yeah, if, if they don't bring in a clear, obvious starter right back sort of player, Ward will be in the mix. And I, I'm not necessarily afraid over that. It might be a little too much, a little too soon, but I don't think he's completely unqualified for it either. I think, um, to compare him with Chris, uh, Odoyachim when he was coming out of college, I think, and I've only seen Ward a couple times, whereas I'd seen Odoyachim you know, dozens of times uh, playing at Maryland. Um, I think Ward is a little more technical, maybe a little less fast, but um, a little more technical. And maybe the game happens a little more slowly for him, not by a lot, but um, by, by a margin that might be important um, if, if he actually gets on the field in these uh, next few months. And speaking of Chris Adouyach, and we're going to take a sidetrack away from the draft and I probably should have led with this news because it's really good news. Uh, Chris Adewey-Achim who has been undergoing uh, chemotherapy for Hodgkin's lymphoma is officially cancer free for the moment. He is in remission. Um, he finishes up his, his chemo later this month um, and, and could potentially report for training before February starts which is incredible and amazing and wonderful. And um, congratulations to Chris and, and best wishes and, and fuck cancer and, and all those very true things. Um, and, and hopefully he can get back up 
to playing at a high level and and contribute for United this year. That would be awesome. I just wanted to to shout out uh, him and and his recovery. Yeah, fuck uh, cancer. There we go. We mentioned a trade earlier. DC United turned their their second round pick. Jason, let me make sure I get this right. <laughs> DC United turned their second round pick in this year's Super Draft. No. Into, or they'd already traded that. So their second round pick in next year's Super Draft. Yes. Into third and fourth round picks in next year's Super Draft. And also, Chris Seitz, uh, goalkeeper most recently of the Houston Dynamo. Uh, and some salary cap relief on sites. Uh, That's right. Which is bizarre uh, that Houston was willing to throw that one in. But uh, yeah, uh, they ended up getting. Um, yeah, ha ha Houston. Yeah, um, they got a, a a goalkeeper with 100 something appearances uh, in MLS um, at half price. And all they had to do was get a second round pick out of New England, which they did. Um, and uh, nothing. I mean, they, they had to give up a future second round pick. But at in that moment, certainly the 2019 pick had more value. Um, and also, that- I mean, I mean, it, nothing is guaranteed, but it is likely that our second round pick next year is going to be lower in the draft order than new England second round pick. Like, right. just like g- given what we know right now, I mean, who knows what will happen, but given what we know right now, it's likely that our pick is going to be further back than new England who has done nothing. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like new England might've made that trade out of, um, a, a little bit of uh, hubris, uh, thinking that they would end up higher up than DC. Um, but yeah, uh, that's their problem. I mean, New England does dumb stuff and um, have a dumb stadium. I, I mean, well, that one's not necessarily a decision from the people that work for the Revs. That's a decision higher up the chain. Um, but they do dumb stuff all the time. And if you're an MLS general manager and you're not. Uh, if you find a situation where you're like, well, I'm not sure how I'm going to get the assets I need to get this together, but maybe I'll call and you probably have your list of GMs that will do, you can do a deal with who aren't very good at what they do. And the revs are on that list probably in every single, you know, I know Peter Vermes has probably got them on his list. Yeah. Um, I was going to say like, if you are GMs, any other GM, yeah, unless you're like someone who can Orlando, actually understands how, yeah. Why do they the answer rap- the phone? <laughs> The Rapids, especially when it's Vermees or Dave Casper calling, just don't answer the phone. The Rapids had already done enough deals; they 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 were tapped out. Yeah, and you know, um, if if there's a way to turn that phone call into um, what ended up being a complicated but ultimately positive deal to get, um, you know, with sites, you're getting a guy that. Uh, between the fact that Hamid has had injuries in the past, he's only played over 30 games in a season once, I believe. Um, and he is on a loan that expires at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the combination of those two things mean that, you know, if he gets injured for some period of time or if they can't get the loan together, worst case scenario, they've still got sites. They've still got someone who would probably start for a couple teams, uh, 
and yeah. is in the upper echelon of backups. Uh, I think it's fair to say. Um, yeah, he's well established. He's 31. He's played for a few different teams in the league, but he's always been able to find a, a spot. And 31 is a good age for a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, and he and, seems like a upgrade over Steve Clark, even definitely over David Ostep. And he even seems like an upgrade age wise, experience wise uh, at this point in his career over uh, Steve Clark too. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. I would say he's, he's definitely a better goalkeeper right now than Steve Clark. And, and, you know, in a vacuum, uh, is he better than David Osted? I don't know, but is he better than the 2018 version of David Osted that we saw? Yes. Uh, I think um, that's a quarter of the, uh, a quarter of the cap hit essentially. Yes. Of David Osted um, too. And, and Saito's career has been interesting because he, he's always found himself. Uh, there are a couple of years where he was a starter in various places, but when he's been brought in as a backup, he's always ended up battling his way into a few starts here and there. Um, he's not the kind of guy who just shows up and is like, well, I'm the backup and that's that. Um, he shows up and he tries to be the starter as much as he can. Um, and so, you know, this year in Houston, he was a starter at the beginning of the year. Then Joe Willis uh, ended up the starter and then sites got a few more. It went back and forth for a little bit. Um, Houston has some other issues where they inexplicably decided that Tyler Derrick was someone that they should continue to employ, um, despite his, uh, various, uh, arrests for, uh, domestic abuse. Um, they probably should have, that should have been an easy one for the dynamo to figure out, but, uh, apparently it was very complicated for them because they kept him. Um, yeah, real bad job dynamo. Yeah. They, uh, that one's, that one's easy guys. That one don't trip over that one. Um, yeah, one knock on effect for for DC United of getting Chris Seitz is Earl Edwards most likely now will be the starting goalkeeper for Loudoun United. He will get reps that he needs that he wasn't able to get in Orlando because they they got rid of Orlando City B. Um and and so he was unable to get those reps that younger goalkeepers need to get and younger players of any position need to get. Um so yay Loudon, yay this trade. Uh I like it. I think we're still waiting on the other shoe to drop. Uh we don't know what's going to happen with David Osted. We've seen reported that there's interest around the league or or potentially overseas uh to sign him or trade for him. So we'll we'll see when and if that happens. Uh hopefully it's more when and less if, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, if someone wants to take that salary on, uh good for them. Good luck. Um, uh, I mean, I think Osted is a pretty good guy. It seemed like in the locker room, everyone really liked and respected him. Um, but performance on the field, uh, at that price is a must when you're making 400 grand, you've got to be doing something for your team. And, you know, it's clear that United's moved on. I mean, the fact that they've now acquired two other goalkeepers from the, uh, around the league, it's just a matter of, um, where do we get this guy to go? Uh, how do we make this the work? LA Galaxy? How about the LA Galaxy? Uh, yeah, maybe Chris Klein is is receptive. Uh, who knows? Um, he's there, he, uh, he's as far as I can tell, uh, job for life, no matter how badly he does. So It's uh, weird, though. He has more competent people around him now. I guess he had competent people there before, but... Mm. <laughs> I don't know about that. You're, over, you're um, overstating it, Adam. Not not recently. Now. Not very recently. Now. Um, yeah. Previously, I, I don't think anyone there was particularly good at their job. I mean, he had, he was there when Bruce Arena well, was there. Actually, I'll take that back. 
anyone on the soccer decision side, uh, I don't think was particularly good at their job. Um, like not not in the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the folks uh, responsible for things like Cosmo are pretty good at what they do. Um, <laughs> but uh, if only they were making the soccer decisions, maybe the galaxy wouldn't be in this uh, these straits. Um, I don't care. Sorry, I think I, I, like, I think I you like just made you just made Pablo Mauer's day right there. Cosmo for GM. Yeah, why not? Uh, he antagonized Jose Mourinho uh, with the sign about uh, it's called soccer, and I think that's enough of a qualification for me. Um, but yeah, uh, however they get it done, I mean, they are kind of making up for a mistake in the past with Osted because they gave him that guaranteed contract. Um, and now they're having to negotiate their way out of that because, um, that is a big cap hit. And and I still anticipate they're going to have to carry a chunk of that. If, if he stays in the league, they're going to, they're not going to get out of all 400,000. Um, right. Just like Houston kept some of Chris Seitz's, uh, less onerous. Yes. Cap hit DC United will probably keep some of Osted's salary on their books. Yeah, unless they can find uh, a team from somewhere else, some some other league that wants in, um, yeah. pulling a day. Or there is a team that that until very recently had the highest paid and worst keeper in MLS, and is known for making Gold bad trades. <laughs> Look, Adam, if the Colorado Adam, Rapids, Cole, don't rust. If the Rapids take David Osted on, uh, on top of having Tim Howard. Um, I, I don't even know how I'm going to react. Um, Bless their hearts. I, I would feel very bad for the folks that actually follow the Rapids who have done nothing to deserve this other than they won an MLS cup in 2010, not deserving anything. I, that was I their deal with the devil. Them that bad. The devil gets his due. Uh, they let's won an MLS in. cup, Adam. Uh, Jason. Yes. They won an MLS cup. Let's jump to the third round, uh, which is probably, if any part of the draft should definitely be done away with, it's it's the the third and fourth rounds, which are done over conference call several days after speaking the, of the, the LA first Galaxy, part of the Super have, D-Duper draft. Speaking of the LA Galaxy, they have not picked anyone in the fourth round since 2015. Despite acquiring picks in, in the fourth they've round. Had, they've had picks in every year since since then they just haven't chosen anyone since 2015 yeah i mean i think their motivation is just that um i think they're aware that their academy produces more than enough good players to stock uh galaxy 2 they just don't know how to do anything once those players are assigned to that galaxy 2 deal um which is a kind of it it's an important lesson for dc they can't be a team that fills the uh, Loudon's roster with uh, Academy players, but then can't get those players either can't or won't, or some mix of the two can't get those players into um, first team minutes because that's the whole thing. Uh, You're not just having a a new roster to stock just because Uh, the idea is to make your first team better. It's all about that end goal in the galaxy uh, have been able to get like halfway there, but then completely, lose their minds after that point and uh they are a good lesson of what not to do uh dc united did get a couple of guys who will probably be 
in Loudoun County for for at least this year, hopefully developing and and working their way up to the first team uh, to make it better. Like Jason was saying, uh, Leandro Alves, better known as Gio. Uh, I think Jason, you said he projects as a left midfielder, but he's been just a jack of all attacking trades for Vermont. Scored a bunch of goals. Um, dual citizen, Cape Verde and USA. Uh, United also got a forward out of Cal, uh, Shinya Kadono, who is another dual citizen, Japanese American. Um, they they got guys who produced in college. That that's I I haven't watched a lot of college, but I I looked at the numbers and and those guys definitely produced. Jason. Yeah, um, that, it's an interesting case because both players, um, they aren't the prototypical. Um, high achieving four year starter type. Um, Alves was at a uh, USCAA, which is kind of like NAIA. Um, so he was there for two years and then transferred to Vermont. And during his junior and senior year at Vermont, he was pretty dominant in the America East. Uh, first team both times for their all conference team. Um, definitely the uh, sort of the end all be all for their attack, both the goal scorer. I, th- I think he was the leading scorer and leading assist uh, provider, uh, at least one of his seasons. Um, so he's one of those kind of, kind of guys that has had to carry a team um, to a certain extent. Um, pretty quick, uh, pretty shifty. Um, certainly, you know, I think he projects as a left sided player, but he could easily show up on the right. Um, he could easily, if DC played with two forwards, he would be maybe a second forward as well. Um, Kadono, uh, Kadono is really interesting because he's five foot seven, but if you look at that highlight reel that we put in the article, uh, after the, after the, uh, draft results came out, it is full of headed goals. Uh, he is a small guy who just constantly wins headers in the box to score goals. Um, and some of them are him getting away from marking, which will be more difficult to do in MLS. But some of it is also um, him winning some battles. The guy can jump um, and he's strong. He's not, you know, a lot of guys, when we talk about a player's height in uh, after the draft, we're usually talking about um, thinner, uh, not very sturdily built type of player. But um he can definitely take a hit. He's a, a, a strong guy, even though he's not very tall. So um, I thought it's interesting to, to look at some of the stuff because uh, as I complained on Twitter, a lot of the stuff with college athletics is just not well documented. So Kadono is listed as a midfielder in a bunch of places. Um, even though for uh, Cal, he played it. It's pretty clear. He played as a striker, uh, all year long, his track record is as a goal scorer, maybe more poacher than anything else. Um, and yet he gets listed as a midfielder in, in several places. So um, we also had the issue, you know, Adam, you mentioned the backgrounds of both players. Um, that stuff was not clear um, until you know, DC United sent an email based on information that the league provided them. And even that email said that Alves was an international Um and the only thing I've seen saying that he isn't an international is Steve Goff saying that he had been informed of that. Uh, I yeah. reached I reached out to the team uh, today, and I haven't heard back. It was later in the afternoon, so it might have been after the workday was over. 
Um, but I haven't heard back. So I don't actually know. The, the only thing I've gotten, the only official information I have says um, he's international. And I have no reason to, to you know, disagree with Goff on that or, or to question his reporting. It's This is more about the fact that the league can't even provide solid information to teams and reporters about um, player backgrounds uh, as far as who's an international and who is a domestic and this, that, and the third. Um, so, it, you know, it, I guess it's just something that we're always going to have to live with in a, as long as there's a super draft, there's going to be confusion over whether a player is domestic and which position does he play and this, that, and I don't know. I don't know why we can't get these things straight, but we definitely still can't. My favorite mix up from the, the super draft, and this is a very uh, press pass kind of concern. Uh, everyone in the press gets a book of all the players that are eligible in the draft. And uh, occasionally there'll be pictures that are obviously wrong, like the same picture on two different profiles right next to each other. Um you don't know if that's the player for one or the other or or the picture for one guy or the other or neither. It was just a placeholder that didn't get replaced. It's it's fun. It's a it's a well-oiled machine, the the MLS super draft. In some ways it really is, and in some ways it really isn't. Exactly. Um moving beyond the draft, uh latest update on Yamil Assad, who for those of you who haven't been paying attention, was on loan for DC United last year. Um, DC United did not exercise the option on it, mostly for, it sounds like, for salary cap reasons. It would have forced them to use a DP slot on him, um, reportedly, which would limit their flexibility and being able to offer Lucho a new contract that might be above the TAM threshold um, or the maximum for a TAM deal. Um, which would require a DP slot for him uh, and and some other things. So the latest is Velas Sarsfield, uh, Yamil Assad's club in Argentina is kind of a pain to deal with. And Assad is, is frustrated enough now that he might just say, screw it. I'm going to stay here. I don't want to go on loan anywhere again. I want a stable situation that'll last longer than one season. And so, he, he might be staying put. He might end up back here. The club, uh, from all reports, is still working on it, still trying to to work with Velas to to get Assad back here through some kind of payment plan or or something else. So it it, it remains to be seen what happens. But right now, it's it's not looking great. Then it's not what I want. It's I, I want him back. I want his uh, I want his influence on that side of midfield and it's not good. And TT is going to be fine, but I want Emil Assad. I don't know what, or if, uh, I don't know if Zoltan's going to be back next year at this point. And it's, it's a, even if he is that they're going to need to find other people to also be in that position. So it's, a position that's well up in the air and it's a position that interacts with the uh, forward position. And it's a, they've got a lot of moving pieces in that, in that area. And they've just got to figure it out going forward. And they've got uh, a couple of weeks to do so. 
Jason mentioned that that Paul Ariel services might be needed in midfield. Uh, whether or not the team wants to put him at a at, at fullback, and these are the two potential losses that that I think Jason was referring to: Assad and and Zoltan Stieber, who from reports is being shopped e- either or both in MLS and abroad, and and could end up uh, mutually agreeing to to rip up his contract so that he can sign elsewhere if there's a club. Um, it sounds like United won't be holding out for a transfer fee on on Stieber if he does go somewhere else because they want to get that $999,999.99 off of... 96 cents. 96 cents, sorry. I misspoke. I, I, I put don't three give cents. away that three extra cents in this pile of a million. That dollars. is what is keeping those three cents of Tam are what are keeping us under uh, keeping United above water right now. Um, obviously, a lot of work left to do. The players report for training camp in like a week, which is weird to say. Um, but we are less than two months away from the the opener, so I guess that makes sense. Um. But a lot's going to happen. This is the way it always happens. I mean, Lucho Acosta and Yamil Assad didn't join the team until after preseason had begun. So the, this is how MLS works. This is when deals ha- start to happen. This is the the consequence of being on the calendar that MLS is on. But also, uh, if anyone has any experience going outside in, in the United States of America at this time of year, uh, there are some realities that can't you can't get around. So um, this is how it has to be. Um, and it does make transfers trickier because a lot of leagues are midway through their season. Not all of them. Uh, sorry, UEFA, but not even all of your leagues are halfway through their seasons right now. Um, but, you know, when when is uh, UEFA gonna, or uh, FIFA going to put pressure on the Swedish league or the Danish league or, or the other leagues that are not on the European calendar? Um, if if you can tell, I'm bitter about it because I think it's <laughs> uh, they're a bunch of jerks, uh, FIFA and UEFA. I'm pretty um, sure you brought it up just so that you could call FIFA and UEFA jerks. I, I did. Um, but yeah, th- I mean, it would be great. And there have been seasons past where DC managed to get most of their work done by this point. Um, and everyone's just there on the first day of preseason. That's great. That's the ideal. Um, but, you know, we we said, you know, at the end of the season that Dave Casper had a ton of, of things to take care of. Um, and that's proving to be true. And, and part of that probably contributes to things maybe going in a little slower than we would like. And the Assad thing might be hanging over the, the, the team's head for a, a few weeks before we get a full resolution. Um, the attempts to extend Acosta, he hasn't tweeted in a while about uh, any, any sort of cryptic uh, tweets along those lines that might make us panic. So that could be a good sign uh, or we could have been making too much out of the initial tweets in the first place. Um, there's a lot going You're on. You're making the right amount, and his silence is bad. I don't know. We we can't possibly know unless, and I mean, unless you see him and have a chat with him, then you know, uh, if you want to let us know, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, don't, uh, don't don't harass him. Yeah, don't harass him. But if you just happen to be having, you know, if you happen to be out and about, and uh, see him drive up in his very nice car, 
Yeah, if you want to have a chat, if if uh, he happens to check on uh, what sort of meat you're grilling, because that is something that might draw his attention. It's the um, only good thing. Uh, exactly. I, ben actually uh, is often smoking and grilling meats. Uh, he might wander into Ben's yard at some point, at which point I would assume uh, Ben could tell us what's going on. Um, now I'm picturing Lucho like a cartoon character when something delicious is cooking far away and the, the smell wafts over to them and they're just like floating led by their nose to it i'm just picturing lucho like that just floating through the air lucho I, I will, lucho I will cook you any meat you want please please come down and i will cook you meat i i am for this plan i support it this is probably the best plan we've ever come up with on this show good work ben i think it is please do it lucho uh, any meat any meat you want to cook i'll i'll learn how to cook it let ben grill for lucho yeah, we might need a better hashtag than that. Um, last thing before we uh, take a quick break and end this segment, homegrown update. Antonio Bustamante reportedly has signed for DC United on a homegrown deal. William and Mary alum, Ben. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Once more with feeling. No, I okay. gave it to you. That, that, that feels right for William and Mary from what I know. Um, he uh, seems likely to be going to uh, Loudoun United. He's an attacker um, who uh, I guess we, we, he may go down essentially as, as Loudoun United's first ever player. Well, he, because- he'd be a DC United homegrown going on right. what the USL calls the standard USL loan agreement. Um, <laughs> For, for those of you who are already tired of MLS's uh, myriad uh, terms, guess Buckle what? Up. The USL okay. has just as many. I'm already asleep. <laughs> well, he, whatever his official status, I'm calling him Loudoun United's first ever player. Okay, that's not accurate, but you do you. He, he's going to play for them this year. Yeah, and he's, that, that's true. He, he signed with the organization that owns Loudoun United, on the understanding that he will be playing for Loudoun United. That first part is true. That first part, I don't know if that's true. I can't prove that. I can't prove it. If he plays for them, I will call him their first ever player. Right, Donovan I mean, Pines, extremely likely, but yes. Donovan Pines, uh, center back from Maryland. Uh, we talked about him with Travis Clark. Um, on Was that just last week's show? It's yes. been a long week, man. And I didn't even go to Chicago. He is reportedly in talks with DC United right now. We don't have anything else. Dave Casper, when asked about it, said it was very early in negotiations. And that was all he he would give. But but he's officially in talks. It's confirmed. So that's a good thing. If United can land him, that's a very good thing for, for the future of that back line. And also, yeah. he's another Terp. So yeah, Jason's happy. I made and, both of you happy talking about homegrowns. You're welcome. And a you know a position yep. where DC is potentially pretty thin. Uh, if Kofi Opari do, isn't brought back, then DC goes into the season with three center backs uh, on the team, and one of them is a guy that they've they openly said uh, they would like to upgrade. Um, so. Yeah, they definitely need they probably need to add more than one player there and and Pines makes a lot of sense as um 
a young speed option there. And then uh, if they can go find the established starter to sort of push uh, Briant down into a reserve role, then um, that would be quite nice. Uh, I would, I would prefer to do that than not. I think that's it for the segment then. Uh, Please stick around. We'll be right back to talk about some not player stuff that's happening. This is Filibuster, the Black and Red United podcast. Hey, Ben, um, you wouldn't say this is a hostile work environment, would you? You can tell Uh, me. Depends. I mean, well, I should ask you. I mean, is our goats hostile? Uh, I think goats are, are hostile. I think that they are secretly trying to take over the world. But but if this were a hostile work environment, or if I were trying to steal your wages, or or do something else oh, nefarious, in a, I'm really not. Uh, but in a workplace environment, you know who to call, right? Because you live in the District of Columbia or Northern Virginia. I, I do. It's the Ehrlich Law Office. It is the Ehrlich Law Office. Uh, they they offer discrimination, wage, and litigation solutions in Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia, which means I can totally create a hostile work environment for Jason. Except, no, he, they, they wouldn't want me to say that. That would be bad. I do not want to create a hostile work environment for anyone. But Jason couldn't call them nonetheless because he lives in Maryland. Sorry, Jason. I'll fight my way through this. All right. <laughs> Uh, they handle workplace discrimination, wage theft, uh, non-compete clauses, and uh, non-solicitation litigation. They handle civil rights and government takings and disability and education law. They handle a lot of things. And if you are interested in a free consultation, head to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. Welcome back to Filibuster. Those of you who've been listening to this podcast for any length of time know that we are really at our heart a a drinking podcast with a soccer problem. And uh, several years ago, DC United, um, I, I guess, decided to see us and announced that they would be doing a collaboration with DC Brow, the first brewery since Prohibition, to actually locate in the district. Uh, to make a DC United co-branded beer. Our our own Donald Wine II won the naming competition for that beer. It became known as The Tradition. And uh, it was a golden ale. It was pretty good, uh, all told. Especially, you know, it's a good tailgating beer, um, was my conclusion about it. I would look for it and take it to tailgates at RFK. And it was around for one year and then wasn't ever heard from Again, today, uh, Jeff, last name escaping me, and I'm going to look this up when one of you starts talking. Uh, one of the co-owners of DC Brow tagged some some the, the DC United supporters groups on Instagram and said, hey, how would you guys feel about the tradition coming back? Um, and to that, I say, I feel very good about that. I would like that very much. I mean, yeah, I think it would be good. I, I wasn't the biggest fan of it i think it was okay but it has a lot of cachet in that it was for dc united it was a a a delightful it had it had a delightful reason for existence and just for that reason alone i think it should come back and if they want to bring it back and and brand it with dc united for whatever reason i think that's a great idea yeah 
you know, I was thinking about this uh, on my drive home, um, which is the time to think about a beer uh, when you don't have one. Um, and, and it occurred to it me sure that is. one of the one of the underrated positives of the tradition was that it's the kind of thing that the other teams in town get. Um, local companies do stuff that is themed after the Capitals or the Nationals or the Wizards or unfortunately another uh, team uh, that gets a lot of discussion. Not um, sure what you're talking about. I haven't heard th- of them. There, there's a fourth one. Uh, their nope. name don't, is don't, don't know what you're talking about. I haven't heard of they, them. They, they but, don't uh, play in that. They, they play no... nearby. Um, <laughs> they're but, not in uh, the city. It, Landover? Landover's not a thing. Oh, you're talking about the Mystics. Oh, well, I mean, the Mystics are fine. They're great. Or, but, but this wait, is are you talking about thing. the Go-Go? I'm talking about the Ultimate Frisbee team. Are you guys done? No. I can't think of any more. Okay. Um, you left out the castles. Um, I did leave out the, the castles. Spirit. Also, oh, the Valor. We leave out the castles. Castleman stole our beer. Spirit, he stole our beer. Valor. Um, there's a, probably something else that I'm also forgetting. Oh, um, Castle, can we, can we pour one out for anthropomorphic tennis balls stealing our beer? Uh, yes, the the Washington Castles mascot, full of mischief, um, but really kind of has an expression uh, on its face that oh, conveys sadness. mischief. Yeah. Um, we should have seen it coming. Yes, the, the smile the smile on that face said, I'm going to do something. Um, keep your eye on me. And that something anyway, was steal a growler out of Ryan Keeper's hand. <laughs> we didn't. Um, but, but anyway, that, you know, this is the kind of thing that when local companies start to recognize your team, it, it's sort of the kind of thing that helps you feel um, like this is uh, legitimate. And if there's anything that MLS fandom has always grappled with is that this idea of not being seen as quite as legitimate as whether it's American professional sports or big international soccer clubs, we don't get that feeling that we're as legitimate as all the rest of them. And this is one of those little, you know, it's not as big a deal as having a stadium, um, but it's definitely one of those little accent pieces that says, Hey, you know what? There, there are, you know, people that, that care that are beyond our little soccer bubble um, and companies that, you know, DC Brown doesn't, uh, just go around making beers for whoever at, at a loss. Uh, they are a company trying to make a money, uh, make some money. Um, this is not something that they just do because uh, out of the goodness of their heart, um, they see this as a thing they can do to make some money. And that's kind of a testament to um, DC United's importance in the area. And now that they're sort of becoming more relevant again, this is the kind of thing that I'm not, I hadn't thought about it before I saw that tweet uh, pop up in my timeline. But now that I've thought about it, I think maybe this is the kind of thing we're going to start to see a little more of as DC United becomes more of a big deal in the district and in the surrounding area that other companies might have, you know, something relating to the team, something, you know, even if you go to a bar and you might see a cocktail called the black and red and whatever's in it, I don't know. Um, but the point is that there's these little accent notes that remind you that it's not just about us at the stadium on game day. And that's the only time that we know the team exists. There are these little reminders throughout the week. There's like, Oh yeah, you know, other people know about this too. And that's, it's nice. It's, it's, 
it's a lot different than it used to be. Jeff Hancock, by the way, the co-owner of DC Brow, who um, ignited this conversation or reignited this conversation. Um, I want the tradition. I want it at Audi Field. I want it at the the field house next to it. I want it at the bars around there. Um, I think it would be fun if it if it had, if it had a heavy presence in yeah. in along South Capitol Street on both sides of it. Um, that would be a lot of fun and, you know, just become a thing. Hopefully I would be very happy if it lasted more than just this season, if it became a, a staple in fact. And, and look, uh, I know I make this joke pretty much every time we talk about any corporate entity, but folks at DC Brow, if you would like, uh, to supply us with some beer and we could t- drink your beer and talk about it, filibuster podcast at, uh, gmail.com. Yeah, we're, we are into find it. us anywhere online. Yeah, we're into it. Um, other news today, we're recording this on, on Tuesday night. Um, Austin FC officially announced as MLS's 27th team. I got we'll start. <laughs> um, ben, you made the joke pay off in a way that's only going to appeal to us, but I, I love it anyway. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, the, their logo seems to be based on a, a TIFO that Columbus crew fans did. Uh, which is super weird, and and it looks like the logo of the of Gondor from the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, but they'll start playing twenty twenty one in Austin. Um, and it's, they're uh, gonna wear I'm green and not, black. I'm yeah, still it's not for them. They like, they I like all, I like Austin. I like the color green. I'm still not for them because I don't like how you know, they b- became. I mean, they the the crew were saved. That was good. Um, it and, doesn't make it doesn't Precourt, make Austin's FC's Anthony, existence better. Yeah, Anthony Precourt basically turned the crew um, or his ownership of the crew it's into like saying a Orlando mystery. FC is good because the way they got created, and they're not either. I'm not saying can anybody's I, good. Ben, can I you're arguing with. There was a moment earlier today where Orlando City congratulated Austin yes, for coming was into bad. MLS, it was so bad. Uh, which was amazing to me because for the, our listeners oh. who aren't completely familiar, uh, Orlando City in the USL was the Austin Aztecs and moved over to Orlando in a, a manner not entirely dissimilar to how uh, Austin tried to get uh, the crew over to Texas. Yep. So, um, yep. Yep. yeah, I guess, you know, sometimes you never learn, I guess. I don't, I don't know what else to say about that one. I mean, that's the very team that was stolen from your friends yes. is now my team. Uh, yeah, Adams Adams nailed it. Uh, extremely on brand for for that club. I mean, I grew up rooting for for the Indianapolis Colts, who moved to from Baltimore to Indianapolis when I was a month old. Um, it, it would have been Indiana. It, it would be if Twitter had existed in in the '90s when the Browns moved to Baltimore and became the Ravens. It would have been like Indianapolis tweeting at at Baltimore. It's like, way to go! You, you got back in the game. It just it it's kind of poor taste. Extremely uh, extremely poor taste. It's one of those yeah. things that you you just don't you don't have to tweet about it if you don't want to uh or yeah, if, if it would be inappropriate for you to do so you can just not i mean but there are times jason you and i our approaches to twitter are kind of yin and yang you're very never log off and i'm very never log on never tweet 
sometimes I break that rule, but generally just if you but have also, the urge to tweet, try not. Right. Also, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't have to tweet. You could tweet about something you else. You don't have to. You don't have to tweet about anything. You could just not tweet. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if you if you, no, you don't in have that to tweet. You don't have to you do must, it. But you nonetheless, and, uh, Ben, you can keep raising your voice. It's not going to change you the fact that. No, I want to see how high he can get. I want to see if he can get to like Mariah Carey. You sound like you belong as the voice of like a member of the cast of Fraggle Rock. He, you guys um, both went Muppets there, so that was good. That was good synergy. But uh, you can always tweet about something that isn't inappropriate or you uh, for you to tweet about. Um, you could I say... I, I feel like with Austin FC, it's just going to be... That's how it's going to go. Yeah, probably. I mean, for, for real, though, since they exist, I hate them. I'm just going to say it. I hate them. And I, I, I wish... Just like the haters ball, I wish nothing but uh, hatred upon them. You, you, you wish the worst things in life to happen to them and nobody else? Exactly. Um, yeah, uh, Anthony I mean, Precourt deserves all the the shame and hatred that that's been thrown at him and just him. Yeah, and, and the thing is, like, I feel in a way some. I feel a little, um, a little bad for if you're an Austin soccer fan who's been desperate. They've had multiple teams uh, exist and then leave town on them. This is probably the most stable team they're ever going to get. So um, basically, just Gina, Gina, we we uh, Gina, who is a DC United <laughs> fan, we love you, and this is basically just for you. Uh, but you know, I I feel like they're a fan like Gina and anyone else in Austin. They're in an awkward spot where if you wanted a team, I mean, it's it's there's a lot we will go through to get a team, but uh, also the awkwardness of. I mean, there's no positives about the existence of that team the way it existed, um, right down to Austin's mayor today uh, thanking uh, Precourt oh, for terrible. not just getting the team there, but the methods he employed. Uh, so celebrating uh, the extremely the immoral ones. and underhanded uh, yeah. processes that Precourt went yeah. through to get his team there. So, um, yep, yeah, it's. It's pretty bad. Um, if you're an Austin soccer fan, I'd like to point out that Austin Bold uh, also exists. Their name is as bad as Austin FC's, but that's not. Um, but it's it, bad in a way that's kind of awesome, which Austin FC is very that. not. Well, I don't yeah, know. It's yeah. Austin yeah. Bold is really bad, but yes. it's not boring. It's, it, it's, it's at least, at it's, least weird. It's, it's at least American soccer. Um. But yeah, uh, I would advise you to maybe uh, support that team instead because that team just support DC United because they're the best. Yeah, team. Um, if you're listening to the show, you are probably already not a committed Austin soccer fan trying to make your mind up over which uh, Austin team to follow. But if you are, if if that is the the case you find yourself in, maybe go with the USL version uh, that didn't try and ruin everything for another city. Um, or or DC United, that's also a good option. And yeah, don't at me about how terrible um, any most Austin affiliated soccer teams are because 
you'll just get me on a thing about Orlando City and you won't be able to stop me and uh, that that that'll end up being your fault. Ben, are you once you're doubling down on this uh, not having to tweet thing? I mean, I'll at you. I, I, I'm I'm giving up on don't at me. I'll at you about uh, Orlando City. So <laughs> come at me, bro. Is really where I'm at. I have no idea where this podcast is right now. We're, yeah. we're unhappy with Austin FC's uh, backing. Is is really what it comes down to. All right, we're we're still on that. That's, and Orlando City's backing as well. Yeah. Yes, that's especially Correct. for Ben. Ben Ben doubles or triples uh, the rest of us on that one. Come at me, bro. Please stop saying that. Um, that that's it for for the agenda tonight. Uh, it looks like Toronto FC is selling Victor Vasquez, which is certainly a decision that they why, can make. Why are, you th- why are you just throwing random shit in <laughs> when we're trying to end this podcast? Why are you're you trying it? to end this podcast in Hark signed in Scotland. Dundee United, whose stadium is... We probably should have put that on the agenda for you. Yeah. Um, um, he, he signed for Dundee United in the, I think, Scottish second division. Uh, their stadium is... When I say a literal stone's throw, I mean that I could throw a rock from one stadium into the other. Um, yeah, like, like the, the to- circulator bus stop at Audi Field is further away from Audi Field than the Dundee Stadium is from the Dundee United Stadium. It's it's kind of wild. Apparently, Ian Harks's grandfather, John Harks's father, um, played for Dundee United, the Tangerines. Up as the Tangerines, called. apparently. I I will say I have no maybe, opinions about them. Don't don't at me about the Tangerines. Please My, at him about the Tangerines. No, no, no really, Do don't it. at me about them. Uh, the one the one opinion I have about Dundee United is that I do like the shade of orange that their jerseys are. Um, it's it's not unpleasant. It's not boring. Um, MLS could take a lesson uh, in having. Uh, I'm sure Dundee hasn't always just worn a all white away kit. Um, I guess we have to prepare for that in the near future, the possibility of a um, MLS mandated uh, away well, kit. It, it'll just be very light us. gray. Jason, it'll be very light gray. Uh, yes, gray, our, our historic uh, contrast color. Yeah. Everyone's historic contrast color. In We've the 90s and 2000s, it was black. Well, now it's gray. We're, We've we're always been known the as the, uh, the the gray and red united. We're going to get to the point where that annual thing that the league does with parlay, where they have those recycled jerseys in two different shades of gray. Um, those are just going to be everyone's colors forever. Uh, it's just, oh, this year we're dark gray instead of light gray. Cool. That really is it for us this week. <laughs> Thank good, you all for listening. I, I don't know why or how you're still listening it's it's possible you're a dc united fan in a coma and your loved ones turned this on for you and then left um and and i hope terribly depressing adam i don't like that (laughs) i blame you this is no downer ending you just talked about death no i didn't yes you did being in a coma is not the same thing as being dead, Ben. <laughs> I did not talk about death. I, I talked I, about something arguably a little bit sadder. 
Guys, I, I thought the all gray jersey world was a was the downer ending, and you guys, and by you guys I mean Adam, <laughs> went way past it. <laughs> My philosophy in life is to turn into the slide, and sometimes <laughs> that gets you going downhill at a very high rate of speed. And I was just plowed into uh, uh, ice, ice and rocks. So, so now we're crashing into something as well. Yeah. Oh man. Just aim for the space between the trees. The Find us at between. No, I I know you're a lot closer to Charlottesville than I am, Ben, but no. Find us at blackandredunited.com. Uh support us financially if you're so inclined at patreon.com slash filibuster. We do have some bonus content there from the, the super draft and uh some stuff before sports gambling is going to be legal in the district very soon i did an episode um when the supreme court decision that paved the way for for that law came out with with greg roach and sebi salazar uh, i think it was pretty good to listen to um so if you're a patron and haven't listened to that go back and check that out if you're not a patron sign up at patreon.com slash filibuster find us on twitter at filibuster dcu at black and red U, plus our personal accounts which are pretty easy to find send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com um especially if you feel like advertising on the show or or providing us with anything of value to talk about you um that that works for us Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Mostly, though, tell a friend about the show. That's the the best way to to get the word out. For Jason and Ben, I'm Adam, and we will talk at you again real soon if you let us. Please let us. We like talking to you. Say goodbye, Jason. Next week, the ending will be even more bleak. Take the man that says that I'm a stomach stab somewhere down the lane. I'll keep on from them. These are the men coming at the blow down my door. Rain the car, shoot through my window. So they put me in the back of the car. I-